Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. What's up, STS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in all of true crime. And this was a show that we were going to bring you yesterday. But the only mother who's more of a force of nature than Carm is Mother Nature herself. And yesterday, she uh, was not having it. Uh, Massive storms down here. Believe it or not, the COE's minivan is not starting just from the sheer volume. By the way, at the height of this storm, the COE is thought it would be a good idea to go out with her girlfriends. I, it's classic COE. Basically, they said it was a Category 1 hurricane in terms of scope and strength, but the COE was out. She told me when they got to the restaurant, she had pulled her jeans up over her knees and was shoeless uh, in this restaurant, which I think is a violation of Miami-Dade County health standards, Um, but she violated that anyway, and for some reason, uh, they decided to do this, and as a result, minivan is not working so we are uh we are out of luck uh with that but thank you guys for joining us a day later uh we have quite the fun show uh for you to today we are going to analyze the adelsons and Carm's going to give you some sort of disclaimer about how she's not allowed to analyze and i'm sure, sure dr g will do the same but we're going to do it anyway and on the thumbnail is Dr. G, Carm, and Sigmund Freud, uh, the famous psychoanalyst. So Charlie Adelson, as we all know, but if you've been living under a rock, he is the wealthy South Florida periodontist who managed to elude justice for over nine years. But of course, last week, was it, I can't keep track of the time anymore. It was a week ago this past Monday, he was sentenced to, oh, he wasn't sentenced. He was convicted of the crime. He will be sentenced on December 12th. He will be facing life in prison without parole. Uh, So uh, he will be sentenced on December 12th. In the meanwhile, just this past Monday, literally one day, one day, uh, one week after Charlie was convicted, Donna Adelson, the mother, was trying to make a run for it to Vietnam via Dubai, and she was nabbed at Miami International Airport. And that brings us to today, to analyzing this family. Best guests, typically a co-host, but today she is a best guest. She is calm, just one word, sound the calm alarm. She is a licensed therapist. She and my father worked at the Highland Park Center for Psychotherapy. It's sort of like the Adelson Institute, but for shrinks, not for dentistry. Uh, Sounded fancy, was in the basement of some nondescript building in our hometown but somehow they managed to pay for me to go to college through all that. Um, the other guest, Dr. J.P. Garrison. He earned a PsyD in clinical psychology from the Georgia School of Professional Psychology. He's been cited for his expertise in psychology in numerous media outlets, including Business Insider, Forbes, Vice, Huffington Post, Yahoo News, Fatherly, the list goes on. I love this about him. He extensively studied the language and culture of South Korea for over a decade. And as I get to know him, I'm learning more. He's a giant mixed martial arts fan, as I am a UFC fan. And uh, he's a boxer and he's a big guy. He's a heavyweight, six foot two, 250 pound man you're looking at there. And he knows how to beat your you know what. So be nice to him. 
Um, before we get cracking here, you can follow us on Patreon. You can follow us on YouTube. Please, it's very important to us. If you're listening to us in your car, for example, uh, listen on audio platforms like Spotify and or Apple and or Audible, and please give us five stars. Today is, um, for the Waldmans, a sad day. I'm going to put this up. Today would have been my father's 90th birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Roy. We miss you. There's a photo on the left of my parents' wedding. Carm didn't know we were doing this. That is a photo of my father graduating from either college or medical school. Is that college or medical school, Carm? College. College. City College of New York. And then on the right in his tuxedo. NYU. NYU. Today, he would have been 90 years old. We lost him in March. I still can't believe it. Still can't wrap my head around it. Still haven't mourned it properly. I'll, I'll probably have to go to Dr. G and get some therapy. So uh, there is my father. He'd be 90, year old, 90 years old today. It's a tough day on farm, but we're trying to keep it light. Um, there he is. Love you, Dad. Look at this. Uh, the, the notes are coming in. Happy birthday in heaven, Roy. Happily, happy heavenly birthday. It's sad. I can't believe the guy's not here. Today's my birthday also. Stella, happy birthday. It's a special day, 11-17. Happy 90th birthday, Mr. Waldman. Uh, rest in peace. Let's hope he's doing that. Uh, I promised my mom she thinks I'm insane. When my book is published, I'm flying to New Jersey, and I'm putting a signed copy of the book at his, uh, at his grave. Oh, look at this. Hello from Gary Bricado. Carm, you'd like to say hi, hi to Gary? We love Gary. We saw Gary uh, at CrimeCon. We saw him in person at CrimeCon and we talked to him, but we saw him on your program. Yeah. Before. Gary is as uh, nice as he is smart, which means he's very nice. Um, so, Carm. It's been a whirlwind two weeks. You've seen me. I'm I'm wiped out like I've never been wiped out before. But I have to say, I bet you Charlie and Donna are a little bit more wiped out by all this. First of all, the conviction a week ago Monday. Um, your thoughts that this 47-year-old dentist who had it all was convicted of murdering Dan Markell by setting up the hit on him. You know, um, uh, I am sorry if I'm going to use some humor, but I was always preaching to you, don't do anything self-destructive. Mm. And I think you could have gotten a crash course on self-destruction from this family without me preaching. I, I am very upset when people uh, do self-destructive acts of any kind. And uh, here we have... Uh, as you would say, a plethora of self-destructive acts. Uh, I would actually say minor, which is not like, okay, I uh, crashed the car or, okay, I did something of that nature. It's like major, major uh, self-destruction. I wouldn't necessarily say plethora. I would say plethora, but I get where you're going. Look at this, Carm, from Helen Stewart. Good-looking man, you married, Carm, followed by... Thanks. Very, very tar tall, dark, and handsome. Did you find him to be tall, dark, and handsome, Carm? Well, that was the ideal, and I was looking for the ideal. At that time, in Yugoslavia, you had to be tall, dark, and handsome. By the way, it was influenced by Hollywood. I mean... 
a lot of, they always had to be like a head taller than the actresses. So Carmen, did you have a look back in the day? Like if he was five foot four and blonde, you immediately uh, ruled him out. You just immediately knew that you wanted someone that looked like that. Are you telling me you're shallow? I am telling you I'm shallow. Oh, okay. Uh, Dr. I, I didn't change because I remained shallow because I, I liked him for the 62 years the way he was. Uh, Dr. G, so Carmela, my beautiful mother, has often told me, she has repeatedly said, don't be self-destructive in life. I have handed that information down to my own children. You know, don't do things to bite yourself in the ass. But um, this family, as we're going to unpeel it here today, this psychological onion that they were in, um, this is about as bad as it gets. You know, this is a domineering mother, a son that, you know, uh, I guess cowered under her power, listened to her. I also think we'll talk about this because I think Wendy was one of the puppet masters of all this. That's my personal belief that she was also manipulating the mother. But what about this notion of self-destruction and destroying their entire family unit in the process? I would guess that based on the behaviors that we saw, they might all be so grandiose they didn't see it as self-destructive. They assumed that they were smarter than everybody else, so they would get away with it because why wouldn't they? They're that special, that important. So I'm not sure that they would have seen it as self-destructive. Arm, do you agree with that? People, when they are self-destructive, often they don't see how self-destructive they are. They They have a blind spot like, you know, horses. Yeah, and... Dr. G, let me ask you this. So we know now Donna Adelson was trying to make a run for it. Mm -hmm. Um, She was even caught now on um, jail phone, uh, jail calls, talking to Charlie about how they're preparing estates and they were going to run. And she was also talking about potential suicide, uh, suicidal ideation, which we will get to. But the bigger question to you about this is – as Donna sits in this jail cell and she's still in there and there are some reports that she's she has to be transported within 15 days. Do you think she's remorseful at all for orchestrating this or is she only self-pitying herself saying, I can't believe I'm stuck in this jail. I can't believe that they're accusing me of this. I can't believe that they think I did this. What do you think's going on in her mind as she sits in, in that jail cell? I presume, you know, with the presumption that she was involved with this, I think what you just said is pretty much spot on, which is, and we saw this actually when she was with the judge, it was, the judge was trying to be friendly and she just sort of rolled her eyes at the judge and didn't, wasn't giving any sort of um, reciprocation when the judge was trying to be a little bit light. So it seems like she probably is just like, a, I'm, you know, this shouldn't be happening to me. I'm, you know, I, I'm too good for this, so to speak. So um, I guess we'll find out more, but, but it does seem like, likely that uh that she's emotionally disconnected from this and just sort of thinks it's all ridiculous dr g before i forget on dr g explains your youtube channel you're you're putting out a video tell everyone about it when's it gonna when's it gonna land so later this afternoon it's probably in about two or three hours i'll be releasing it and i'm going to be covering wendy Charlie and donna i'm going to be talking a bit about their body language and about how they present and their behavior and I find some pretty interesting stuff, actually, uh, particularly with Wendy's testimony. Why couldn't you do this before so that I could steal ideas from you? <laughs> so, so, Carm, um, 
not only was Dawes, if it was, uh, you know, there's that book, The No Good, Very Bad, Horrible Day, whatever it is with Alexander. Well, that's Donna's week uh, this week, um, because on top of being nabbed by police and the FBI at the Miami International Airport, uh, she was officially indicted on um, on Wednesday, Carm. A, a Leon County grand jury returned an indictment charging her with first degree murder and conspiracy and solicitation in the death of her former son-in-law. These are the exact same crimes for which her son is now sitting in this Tallahassee jail. Carm, what do you think? You know, same question to you as I just asked Dr. G. Do you think she's able to process this? May, she- may I uh, do an introduction before sure. I go there? Yes, you may. Uh, I have to stress. This is life at home, by the way. I'm asking her a question, get completely interrupted, taken right off track. Go ahead, Carm. The, 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 it's true that I do that. Uh, the, the idea is that if I tell you what is in her mind, it's my projection uh, of what she's thinking. It's not what she's thinking. I, uh, on, on the basis of life experience, of, uh, of the training and so forth, I come up with, with certain ideas but they are sifted through my personality, like like your ideas, Dr. G, are sifted through your personality, your life experiences. This is all very subjective, speculative, and maybe at times when I speak, it has nothing to do with the actual reality. It's just my imagination or my... Uh, fantasy of the of the reality but it's not really the reality uh with this caveat with this warning i can tell you that i i agree that she is almost how clueless can you be if you go and there is a sign on the phone in in um, in the jail do not talk uh, because because everything is registered and then she tells on that phone call that she's running away. And she does a lot of things of this nature. She thinks she's clever, but actually she's not that clever either because she does very basic, that most of us would not make those, those mistakes that she's making. So unfortunately, she's not as clever as, as we would hope she would be at least. Carm, you've you've got people watching you from Brussels, Belgium. She is also Erica Spears. She's uh, uh, Carm speaks six languages. French is one of them. A licensed social worker. Speaks Spanish, Carm. Um, Look at this super sticker for uh, Carm. What would what would Roy say about the Adelsons? My dad is a psychiatrist. Uh, What do you think he would have said? He broke things down very simply. What would he have said, Carm? This requires thinking. I cannot just... Uh, Think about it while I go to Dr. G for a minute. So, Dr. G... Thank um, you. Carm brought up something interesting, which is they're on these jailhouse calls. I mean, they're not dumb people. This guy was a periodontist and the mother is educated. Um, they know these jailhouse calls are recorded. Is that just hubris? What is it that they're sitting there? Is it just desperation? Why do you think they're talking and revealing plans to make a run for it uh, essentially, probably tipping off the you know authorities. Why so dumb about that? I, I think for two reasons. One, I think 
to go back and I, I'm going to probably use this word a lot today, but it's the grandiosity of it. The fact that nobody's really paying attention. Nobody cares. We'll, we'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So thinking that they're going to be able to get away with it because maybe thinking nobody's going to stop me. It's not illegal for me to leave the country. So whatever, you know, it could be thinking that she's, uh, that there's no way they're going to come after me. So maybe she just didn't think it mattered that much, but I think that they've got a problem with communication. When we think back during the trial, if I'm remembering this correctly, they had texted each other about a TV repairman coming. And a lot of people thought that was probably code. And it shows a high need for control where really they didn't have to communicate about this stuff, but they want so much control to know everything that's going on that they over communicate about these things. So really it is like this need for control. And from my opinion, what seems like a lot of grandiosity that is they're, they're shooting themselves in the feet by, by engaging in this. Mm. Uh, Carm, the, the compliments keep coming in. He was a beautiful man. Looks like Clark Gable. Did anyone ever say dad looked like Clark Gable? Oh, Carm? he looked like, or she, who played in To Kill a Mockingbird? I suddenly don't remember. Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. He looked like Gregory Peck, and I used to have a crush on Gregory Peck in high school. There you he go. But it's a... Carm, I gave you three minutes. How would my father have analyzed the... Um, and Roy can no longer be sued for malpractice. He's no longer with us. That was one of his big fears. He was always worried about that, wasn't he, Mom? Well, I was worried about it. You were worried about it. Really how was. Would, he really, would, he really wasn't worried about it. How he would he? How would he have analyzed the Adelson? Do you know him better than anyone? How would he? And by the way, send questions for Doctor Jean, my mom, old lady. You know, you know uh, just a small little uh, side story on worried about. Uh, one of our very dear friends who will remain unnamed and don't name them, uh, they, they are deceased now, and they, they saw a patient, was a psychiatrist also, and saw a patient and discharged the patient, and the patient went home and killed uh, the, his baby, her mm -hmm. baby. And, and of course... This I've never was, heard this story in my 54 years. I've never heard this. And because I cannot tell you stories, you're going to blot them out. You're going to tell me that tonight when I see you. Anyway, the, the thing is, when you say you worry for malpractice, our friend's case was uh, hanging over his head for years and years and years. It was a terrible burden. That's the type of malpractice you, you don't want to have. Carm, you're avoiding the question. How would Roy, my father, how would he have analyzed? What would he have said about the Adelsons being self-destructed? He would have said something like, "It's just pure stupidity, Joel." They, made, you know, what he, he would have said they made bad choices. Doctor G, he was very, very, um, he was very conscious of that. We always have to make choices, and even if we make make no choice, it's still a, a form of a choice. Because he chose not to make a choice. And so these people made one bad choice after the next. You are right. Um, so, Dr. G, my father, one of his heroes was Jean-Paul Sartre, an existentialist who uh, believed everything in life essentially was a choice. Um, is there any veracity to that? Did they ultimately, they're grown adults, did they just make very poor choices here? Do people need to be more self-aware of the choices they are making before they make them? Yes, uh, but I think that one of the challenges can be is if you lack insight, sometimes you're going to make worse choices and they may be people that lack insight into their own behavior. So 
everything is a choice to an extent. Like there's nothing that we do that it's accidental, really. So, I mean, I, I agree with that in principle, but they may genuinely lack awareness and really struggle to understand their own behavior. Where do you think that comes from? Like, what is the root of that? Do you think that's, is it nurture versus nature? Like, do you think Donna Adelson was raised that way and then re- subsequently raised her own children that way? Or is she just born that way? What do you think? Depends on what we're talking about. Now, I'm not providing a diagnosis for anybody, but if if by any chance any of them have personality disorders, the current research suggests that people are, in fact, born that way. There's some folks who would disagree with that. I've talked with many mental health professionals and we've argued lots about this, but uh I think that it's likely that if people are true narcissists, psychopaths, things like that, that's I believe they're born and not not made. I think that the kinds of people who have narcissistic behaviors that they learned can be unlearned. Someone that's born that way, it's much harder. So I think it's very possible that they could be born that way. By the way, we're coming back live at 5 p.m. with uh, Phil Waters, America's most respected detective, and Scott Duffy to go over the big true crime stories of the week, including there's a lot of news about the accused Long Island serial killer Rex Hurman and his wife, who was in court. We're going to be discussing that at five o'clock. If you want showtimes, you follow me, please, uh, on Twitter at Podcast STS, at Podcast STS. If you want to see photos of Carmen, my dad, you follow us on Instagram at Surviving the Survivor. I like to put up FaceTime photos where Carmen is showing me that. Carm gets mad because I, I, I post FaceTime photos and Carm has the phone pointed to the ceiling fan. Go ahead, Carm. No, there is a, somebody here, old lady Snoop, who I, who I know from other, I don't yes. know. Let me read the question for you, Carm, so everyone hears. Please tell me, Carm, why these seemingly educated folks, the Adelsons, thought they would get away with murder. A murder, by the way, that was solely to push Grandma Donna Adelson's agenda. So bizarre. It's all yours, Carmen. Uh, there, there are two things here. You do, you can be formally educated, and you can have a college degree, and still behave terribly, and still not get it. And you can be. I had a very close friend, Joel, will attest to this, who who, who had a fourth grade education, and and she wouldn't have made this mistake. She wouldn't have led her life. So to to blame it, to uh, assume that education will help is probably sometimes true, but not necessarily uh, that education will help. A, a moral compass and things of that nature are definitely more helpful. And the other part of the question, which you removed already, what was the other part of the question? Um, why it's she just said it's so bizarre that they would ask, ask act that way. Oh, yeah, just for the grandmother's uh, uh, desire and her 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 demand. First of all, I think it wasn't only, and I'm not defending Dana in this, but I think that Wendy played a role in this. She quietly incited her mother, telling her. The, all the negative things that were happening after, and during, and after the divorce, and instead of she she presented during, I I ran over, I double checked all her uh, deposit, uh, not all, but some of her statements, and she is now claiming she had nothing to do with her mother. Basically, her mother would write to her, and she wouldn't respond. 
but she was in daily contact with her mother and she was definitely unloading emotionally on her mother and telling her these horror stories that she perceived as horror stories. And Dana uh, was uh, having this idea that she can, she can perform miracles and save the family. But the, the source, the beginning of this was her personality and her daughter's personality. I don't think she concocted. How would she have known all the bad things if, that, if the Wendy wouldn't have confided in her? Uh, a hundred, very good point, Carm. A hundred, excellent point. How would she know a lot of, how would anyone know a lot of the details without Wendy, which brings us to this comment and then I'm going to get to Harvey, Carm, but, uh, from Hey Mona, I think Wendy was the master manipulator. Um, Dr. G, my wife uses this phrase, you know, she gets pulled over for a speeding ticket. She plays the damsel in distress. The, the COE is an attractive woman. She's smart. She uses her charm. Um, do you think there's any anything to this notion that Wendy was potentially a manipulator here, manipulating the mother. I can't stand my husband. You know, he's driving me crazy. He's emotionally and drove the mother to then drive the son to set up this murder. I think I personally think they would all have to be relatively equal in it. I mean, I don't think that somebody who's not predisposed to think that way could be convinced of it. I don't think that any of us talking right here could be convinced that that's a good idea, no matter the circumstances or no matter how persuasive the person is telling us that. So I think that you have to already have an incredibly low amount of empathy to be able to go, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe that's a good way to handle it rather than being like, you've lost your mind. You know, like if you, like if Wendy, just for argument's sake, was planting seeds about something that would that would require something really drastic or that that somehow you could legitimize what was ultimately done you would already have to to be pretty far gone to even entertain that idea so i think could she have manipulated her mother possibly but i i, I don't think especially given how much control her mother sounds like she needs that that i personally don't think that's very likely i think her mother probably requires too much control to be to not to to not feel like she's making all of her own decisions on this. Do you, do you think though that I mean I think you alluded to this, but do you think that the entire family was in the know about what was going on, what was going to transpire? Based on what we saw in the trial, I mean obviously we, we don't know. It's hard to imagine that they didn't all know. It really is given some of the communications it just doesn't make sense otherwise. Um so it's I, I presume there's probably going to be more evidence that wasn't specifically relevant to it that will come out during Donna Adelson's trial. So I'm sure that there's more to see still, but it's hard to imagine that they didn't all know. Uh, that is a great point. We don't know what we don't know, and we will find out what, if any, additional evidence. Uh, and there's speculation out there that Georgia Kaplan and uh, Leon County has more evidence than they have shown. Wendy's iPad uh, it is, in a way, Carm, a tragedy. They had so much, but took it for granted. Look at this, Carm. Don Adelson had one son who's a surgeon, a doctor, one son who's a periodontist, a daughter who's an attorney, seemingly the perfect family, the husband's a dentist, and uh, it's all gone now. How do you rationalize that, Carm? You only had one doctor, Carm, and me, the black sheep. Well, I it would have made more sense for you, Carm, having the one black sheep. Children, if I would have had three, I would probably have had another doctor. But you could have said, "Look, I only had one doctor. The other one basically just, 
you know, threw his life away, did not much with it. Um, you would have had more reason. But what do you think about the Adelsons with everything they had to do what they did? You know, there was once a movie, I think the title was An American Tragedy. And this is a Florida tragedy. It is, it is a very uh, sad, sad, sad outcome for two families, for two growing children, and it's, 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 it could be called an other American tragedy. Very poetic, Carm. I love it. Um, Carm, this, next, this next question is for you. Um, Annabelle Stealth asks Carm, do you think Harvey could move to Israel unscathed? It's interesting. No one knows where Harvey is. He could have gotten on that flight because he wasn't detained. Um, there was a report that his passport was taken. I never saw that to be confirmed. Carm, what do you think Harvey Adelson is doing? And do you think, because you've said it before, you believe he is complicit in this? I think there is an extradition uh, law. I know there is a, an extradition agreement between Israel and the United States, because in the past I read that uh, criminals were uh, extradited back to, to the States. Yeah, but he's not... Um, He's not wanted yet. There's no indictment against him. Do you think he will? You think he will make a run for it? I mean, he's 80 years old. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold everything. He still has two grandchildren, a daughter, who are not in jail, right? Correct. So what, Carm? What do you think? What do you think is rolling around his brain today? His mind. His wife is now in um, the Miami-Dade County Jail, otherwise known as Turner uh, Guilford Night. Like, what? What's he thinking today, Carm? that he must be about 78 year old now he's right? 80 i think he just turned 80 yes i believe he's either 80 or just turning 80 well you know i'm 84 but they consider 80 year olds like really really on their Children. way out oh on their way out so so um how how much he knew before the fact I think it depends legally if you knew it before it happened and or you knew about it after it happened. Um, I think he, he probably has a few months before all this is sorted out with, with Dana and Wendy. So, Dr. G, my mother uh, and my father were very different. My dad was a kind of soft-spoken but he was he was tough as in his own way. Carmela, um, by the way, I love this. Hello from Miami Beach, Florida. That's where Carm and I. But the reason I love it so much, Carm, this would be a perfect last name for you. The Meddler, Doug Meddler, because you like to meddle in my business, Carm. And he's from well, Miami you Beach. You like me to meddle in your business. Yeah. So Doug Meddler, I love your name and I love I where you're I from. I just have to tell him right back. Dr. G. Um, Harvey Adelson, do you think he knew what was going on? I mean, you basically said you think the whole family knew. Um, but I, I was getting to this point that, like, he, my mother is very vocal. My father was quieter. Um, what, what's your what's your take on Harvey? My presumption, and th this is going on very little information about Harvey. So mm -hmm. this is just a guess, but I would guess that he was probably probably had some idea of what was going on and was just like, leave me alone. I don't want to hear about it. You know, that would be my guess. Like, leave me out of it. But probably knew but didn't want to be involved, you know. So <laughs> it's just hard to imagine he didn't know. But it's always possible, I guess, you know. 
Uh, look at this, Sharon McCarthy. Dr. G is brilliant. I would have to agree with that. He's got uh, really good instincts. Um, question for Dr. G from Alexis Williams. Um, it's kind of crazy that this far into their lives, they would jump to such an extreme act like murder. Any chance there's more criminal behavior in their history? That's interesting. I can tell you that I think there is, but go ahead, Dr. G. I mean, that's always possible. I mean, what we see typically when people engage in acts that are this severe is there tend to be escalating behaviors. So it tends to be that they progressively do worse and worse things. And the fact that they didn't commit literal murder themselves, the fact that they would hire somebody to do it, you know, that, that if they were somebody who would physically actually commit murder, we would see a different kind of escalation because hiring somebody to do it really fits more into more of a, a, a narcissistic pattern. So I, I would think that there are probably behavioral markers that we have seen uh, in, in one way or another over time. I, it's almost impossible to think that that all of a sudden you flip the switch and they're all like this now. So whether it's criminal or not, you know, maybe they've skirted that, but I think there's probably some, some not yeah, so great. I, I always say I'm even curious. I wish I, I even searched the, the internet to find out something about Dana's background because maybe there are multi-generational clues. Yeah. Um, and we're going to I'm going to play something for you in a minute that's going to show that there is uh, prior criminal behavior, not to this extent. But Sarah Adams, Dr. G, who has the best control over their emotions in the family? Charlie. He really does. I think he, he, he was the most convincing. The problem with him is that he had. There was so much evidence against him. He didn't have a lot to work with, but he was really he was pretty slick. He seemed very confident at times. He was able to navigate questions that were impossible to answer and he would just go yeah i guess you know i don't know but this he, he would frame things in a way that would be able to connect with people if there just wasn't so much evidence against him i think in slightly different circumstances he could have gotten away with it i really do so i'd say charlie interesting that's interesting uh leanne here thank you sgs for this amazing show studying for a bachelor's in criminology forensic psychology always grateful for the opportunity to learn from professionals. There you go. Let's listen to this. This is a conversation between Charlie and his best, friend, best friend talking about selling steroids. Let's listen together. Hey, what's up? Hey, bud. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I hate putting stuff in text message. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I got uh, Anavar. Oh, Anavar, bro. Yeah, you don't want Anadrol, man. That stuff will make you break out, turn you into a gorilla. You're not going into the UFC, so you're fine. Yeah, Anabar, I definitely, I want Anabar for maintenance. So I'm, I'm definitely going to get the Anabar for you, but I want the Anadrol too. And also, can you get injectable? Because um, if, uh, I was thinking about taking a trend and a test cycle. Yeah, I mean, I can. It's just part of the thing is just a hassle for me to drive out to get it from this guy. But, um, well, how, when's the next time you're going out to, to reload from this guy? Because... I, I can tell him what I want. I mean, um, so I do want the end of our, I'll get, uh, what do you want to, uh, maybe I'll get like four of them. Yeah. Like four would probably good. So that'd be eight. Yeah. That'll be eight eighty. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so eight eighty on that. And then I'll just get that like in the next day or two. And then when you get the anadrol, just let me know. Um, and, uh, any, any injectable test 300 or 400 and trend. Um, I'll, I'm all right, that's it. when you do this, when you come and see me, let's, uh, let's I'll write down. write down exactly what you want, and then I'll, I'll send it to my guy. And I'll, I'll okay. Sweet. No, no credit card, 
No check. No, it's got to be cash. Yes. Okay. No problem. That's all right. I don't take Amex anymore. No, no, it makes, it makes sense. If you're doing this shit, you, people like me and you, we can't have any records of it. So, so Dr. G, you hear uh, Charlie say no texting. He doesn't take credit cards because he knows what he's doing is illegal. He's selling steroids. We don't know how much money he was making doing this, but that goes to the previous question. Uh, were the Adelsons up to no good beforehand? It looks like they were, right? Um and this is the kind of stuff that you see leads to more severe behavior because you get away with it. The anxiety around doing something like that starts to go down because you go, hey, I can do this. And I didn't get in trouble for it. So it, it presuming he didn't, I don't know if he did or not, but I'm assuming he never, um, you know, didn't lose his license or anything due to this. And it's interesting. We're getting bits about how he manipulates people in there because he was trying to tell him, hey, don't take this one type of steroid because it'll make you look like a gorilla or whatever. And so that's a way to make people think, hey, I care about you. And then it was another one the guy wanted and he was like, yeah, you know, it'd be difficult for me to get. So he's using guilt to like make sure that he wants to buy the steroids that Charlie wants to sell him. So it's interesting to see how he works with people like that. It shows how good he is. Because like I said, on the stand, he was really good at getting the attorney to not ask better questions, which I can explain more later. But there were times where they were where the attorney really could have drilled him and didn't because he was so good at just flipping things around. So yeah, this gives us a good idea of his personality as well as shows yeah that, that he was engaging in behaviors that very calmly that were quite illegal before. And uh, Dr. G is going to drop a new uh, episode about the Adelsons today on Dr. G Explains uh, on his YouTube channel. Hey, Mona, Carm, I'm not sure if I completely understand this question, but you're the therapist. Wouldn't self-destructive people, Carm, be master externalizers? How do you read that, Carm? You mean people who like are extroverts? I don't understand the question. Dr. G, do you understand this? I don't completely. I, I do. In other words, they don't, that, that, Anytime anything bad happens, it's never their fault. They externalize. Oh, 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 okay, yeah. okay, okay. Mm. I understand. They project it in, on others. Carm, your take on that is that true? Well, yeah, they they are they are perfect. I mean, they they are the right people. The uh, yes. Carm, let me read something. This is from the probable cause affidavit. It says that jail calls from after Charles Adelson's guilty verdict include multiple calls in which Donna Sue Adelson is telling Charles Adelson that she's getting things in order, creating trusts and making sure her grandchildren are taken care of. She also discusses plans to flee a non-extradition country and discusses plans for a suicide. Here's a question. Do you think the suicide threat, Carm, was manipulative to justify her plan to save herself and abandon Charlie at his worst moment? She cut off one son. She can cut off another to save herself. Oh, this is harsh. This is harsh. Uh, uh, what? She's that cleverly, that manipulative, that calculating, that, oh, no, I I think that she is confused. She doesn't know if she wants to kill herself, you know, or 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 uh, flee, or or she wants to. Um, the other options were that she would kill herself, or that she would uh, run away. So she was also debating. Maybe at that point she was suicidal. 
Yeah, Dr. G, so look at it here. Donna discusses plans for a suicide, but also discusses plans to flee a non-extradition country. She's also talking about creating trust, making sure her grandchildren are taken care of. What do you make of this? If if somebody is a narcissist, for example, they they really can become a risk for self harm if they lose if they totally lose control. And so, it's not it's not impossible. I would I would, I mean, as a clinician, I would take that at face value uh, and think that that's it's very possible that, that that she was being serious. It's also I mean, it could always be a manipulation, but I mean, anything could be a manipulation. Somebody's but also also you have to understand whatever you write or say. It's a mood piece. Mm -hmm. It's not an absolute. This is what you experienced when you wrote this down or when you said this. And then three hours later, the sun comes out and you feel, uh, you know, different. You have a slightly different perspective on the whole situation. It's whatever, whatever that moment brought was a mood piece. It's, it's acts that stay there forever. The moods change. Very smart, Carm. Uh, Black Widow from the Republic of Ireland giving me an underhanded compliment. She says, I admire the estranged son. It takes a lot to black sheep yourself. I've been doing it my whole career, my whole child uh, career. Wait a minute. Hold everything. We'll take out the violence. We'll play violence with this. This is serious, sad stuff. You can joke all you want about it, Carm. I'm the black sheep of the fan. Look, my dad was a doctor. He's absolutely the famous prodigious son. Michelle Pretorius from South Africa. Being self-destructive is one thing, but when I look at my little girl, she just had a baby girl. I can't fathom <clears throat> influencing her to such a degree that she destroys her life. Uh, Dr. G, this is a normal person thinking, but mm-hmm. how do we wrap ourselves around people's unhealthy minds? It goes back to something that I've mentioned on on uh, on here before during uh, different discussions we've had, which is when people are far enough gone, they see other people as objects. It, it, they don't; they're not real relationships anymore. So, the empathy, the caring that goes with that, it all just becomes selfish. And you know, the the they're capable of making choices that the vast majority of us can't even fathom. Uh, here's another piece of video. Uh, audio this is another wiretap this is between donna and son charlie obviously prior to the arrest the conviction all this and they're talking about basically lying about um car title they're selling a car and they're lying about what they're going to put on there let's listen together and by the way shout out to ruthless in the uk let me get charlie yeah that's not that's not the car what are you talking about Okay, did Darren sell you a 2012 Land Rover? No, it's a 2004. I know. that You had told me it was an 04. I, Dad's got this paperwork to go register. I'm looking at it and saying, well, let me call first to get the get the um, insurance straightened out. I find yeah. out you only have 14 days. And then I, I'm giving her well, the ID they, number and the they, year, oh, and oh, she oh, says oh. the ID oh. doesn't match the can year. You, can you hear me at all or no? Yeah, now I can you have 14 days from the date of sale. What is the date of sale of the title? We haven't, filled, we haven't filled out the date of sale yet, have we? I told him April. I told him April 7th. Why did you tell him April 7th? Because it gives you till the 21st. Okay, well, you could tell him April 12th. Does it matter? No, I'll give him a, it doesn't. 
I've already given it to him. I mean, I'm lying through my teeth with everything else I'm telling him about. What are you lying through your teeth about? I mean, it was actually before that. It was a month. I know. I don't want to tell him that. You're only 14 days. No shit. So you write a different date on the title. Dr. J, what do you make of that? I mean, it it goes back to that idea that Charlie thinks he can act with impunity. He can do whatever he wants to do, right? So so he doesn't he's probably slowly over time had less and less rules that he had to follow. So or not had to follow, let me rephrase that. He's he's pushed rules more and more. So he just, you know, has that streak in him where he just doesn't care about these things. He'll do as he pleases. Carm, what do you make of that? So on the one hand, we hear them, uh, Charlie, yes. dealing steroids, and then we've got can this. I, can I say something? I feel extremely uncomfortable. You know, being slightly paranoid, I feel extremely uncomfortable whenever whenever people do things uh, of this nature. I feel very uncomfortable listening to this. So let's analyze me, but it's the truth. I even now when they were talking together and they were changing, I mean I wouldn't change a date on a on a thing like that because I would know the police will be right after me. Not even because I'm honest, I would feel very uncomfortable doing that. Mm. She doesn't. They don't even flinch for whatever the word is. Look at this. Love Dr. G's channel. Um, Carm. I mean, I I went there before, but. Today, right now, what do you think Harvey Adelson is doing? What do you think his Friday with his wife in jail and his daughter at home and his son in prison and his other son excommunicated or estranged, what do you think he's doing today? What is he thinking? What is going on with him? You know, you overlook old people's fragility. Uh, Maybe he's not feeling well physically. Maybe... uh, he is still trying to organize his paperwork or, or, or his uh, things. He's trying to talk to attorneys. He's trying to protect his daughter and grandchildren. Maybe he has a girlfriend. What do I know? I don't know. I doubt it. I seriously <laughs> doubt that. That was a bad joke. Sorry. 1776 daughter, Dr. G., It seems to me that both Charlie and Wendy had very similar demeanors on the witness stand. What are some similarities or maybe uh, dissimilarities that you detected? One thing that uh, Charlie seemed to do is, you know, he wanted people to like him. Like he wanted to see him very calm. Like there were times where I could see him getting stressed out where he really was able to hold it together. Whereas Wendy, rather than being likable, wanted to show nothing. Like she showed like you know, she wasn't flat per se, but she showed very little emotion. And so for her, I think the the similarity is that neither one of them gave us a ton of emotion, really. Uh, so that's one similarity that they shared. They were both very controlled in their body language and the way they talked, the way they presented. But I think that Charlie was more about connecting with people, making sure if the jury likes me, they're going to believe what I have to say. Whereas Wendy was a lot more, I'm going to give people as little as humanly possible. Mm. By the way, uh, Sky Goddess says, love Dr. G and Carm. Here's a very important comment I'm going to address very quickly, and it is from E3, E30C Stock. Serious question. Why are other channels saying this channel and its main guy, Tim Jansen, are working with the Adelson defense team? So Tim is a very well-known criminal defense attorney in Tallahassee, and he did some commentary for us. He doesn't work for my channel. I can tell you unequivocally, 1,000%, Tim 
is not being paid by anyone, including me, even though he's doing work for this channel. Tim is a criminal defense attorney. He knows the law very well. He knows Tallahassee very well. Unfortunately, and I've seen this before, when there are trials and convictions or people being accused, especially in a case that's as high profile as this, emotions run high and people have a tendency to say things that are just simply not true about other people. I would not have Tim on this show if he was being paid by the Adelsons. I know for a fact that he is not being paid. There's no conspiracy theory here. And Tim is not the only one that has been vocal about it being difficult to get a conviction for Wendy. There is a guy named Jason Solomon. If you've ever heard, he runs justice for Dan Markell. He's a legal scholar. He says it could be hard. Dave Arenberg is the Florida state attorney. He has come out and said the same thing. They are, all, Joel, Joel, they are all paid off by the Adelsons. <laughs> David Latt, who is a, went to Harvard Law with Dan Markell, Markell, has said the same thing as Tim Jansen. There's one outspoken attorney who's convinced, and maybe he's right, that she's going to be indicted. And there's a lot of chatter and a lot of other people talking about it. Tim is not being paid. As a matter of fact, Tim thinks that they're going to nail Wendy with perjury. And we're doing a show on that. Look at the COE getting nervous. On um, We're doing a show with Tim Jansen and John Singer on Monday. So at SDS, we're just doing uh, the content. We're focused on the content. We have the best guests in yes. true crime. And that is it. Go ahead, Carm. No, I, I want to get back to the subject. And I really respect Dr. G. And he, I have a master's degree. He has a PhD, so he's my superior. But I have to say that I have to disagree a little bit. I think Wendy shows a f um, emotion. Wendy shows a emotion. I, I went back and looked at some of her testimony and so forth. Um, and one of the interesting things is that she presents herself as so docile and so refined and so understated almost. But she, she has anger. She has anger. I don't know if you noticed uh, when, when they asked her if she's aware of the law that was passed in Florida for uh, grandparent rights. She says, yes. I am aware of it, and it's unconstitutional, not constitutional. Theoe, can you bring up Donna's mugshot, by the way? Because I want to ask uh, Dr. G about. But go ahead, Carm. Finish no, up. but that—that's—that's that's what I think about Donna. I think Donna, uh, as as um, uh, uh, the COE says, she plays the 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 Marcelle in distress because Damsel. that what. Damsel, I don't know what you Damsel, said. damsel. Uh, uh, because it works. It works. If you are a pretty young woman. I, I think you and I actually agree. That's that's. I think she's trying not to show emotion, but I agree. I think she's feeling all sorts of emotions, but I think she tries to rein them in. But I, I get what you're saying. I think that there probably was a lot of anger that she, that she it was experiencing during some of the cross-examination. Uh, yeah. Who needed it? She's virtually in quarantine now. You know, she is in quarantine. And she will get, uh, the next person who will be indicted uh, will not be Harvey. Mm. Are you saying it will be Wendy, Carm? 
possibly. Yeah, by deduction. Uh, very interesting. There you go. Uh, Canine Catherine from Maui, good friend of ours. Dr. G, could you tell us what your thoughts are on this mugshot? You're looking at on the left, on the right is the arrest form, uh, but that is the mugshot. Uh, what do you see there, Dr. G? <laughs> I mean, not much. I don't do so well with still pictures, but, uh, you know, so I, I, I don't read a whole lot into this. But, I mean, in the context of seeing her uh, in her brief hearing or whatever, whatever you would want to call that when she was talking to the judge, I mean, she does... Uh, I, I don't think that she is going to show, show much emotion on her face right here unless she really wants to. Like I said, the bits that she showed were uh, like her rolling her eyes and her doing things that were very voluntary. But it seems like you're not she's not giving you much. She doesn't seem distressed right here or is not going to give you any sadness. But if she's somebody with high levels of control, they're not going to want to show you how they feel. They're going to go out of their way to make sure that they give you very little or nothing. Interesting. The next like question is very interesting. And I don't really, really. I, I, I can guess, but I have no idea. Maybe Dr. G should think. Hey, well, let's see. Hey, Mona, I'm fascinated to hear what Carmen and Dr. G think of how they are trying to control their narratives with the boys. So obviously the biggest victims here besides Dan are Ben and Lincoln, 13 and 14 years old. Um, Dr. G, if you can speak to that. Uh, I'm not, I actually don't know how to answer this question. Uh, maybe I don't know enough about what they're doing to control the narratives with the kids, but I, I actually don't know. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to fill you in a little bit. So may I, may I say one thing first? Yes, go ahead. I think when you, when you fill in, you should also mention how the Markels are doing a wonderful, unbelievable job trying to control their their response to the boys uh, so that they don't create more turmoil and they they never attack the Adelsons when they're relating to the boys. Yeah. Well, one, one of the things I want to ask Dr. G about, because it's about as demented as it gets. We had Larry Levine on, who was in federal prison for 11 years, and he said, what I'm about to tell you is probably the most disturbing thing he's ever heard. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to come to this, but look at this from Joel Carm. Amazing work. I'm Danny Markell's first cousin, and I must commend you on your continued coverage of Danny's passing and subsequent trials. The Adelsons are pure evil, experienced it firsthand. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, this is so strange because I just spoke with the Adelsons before this popped up, and yeah. I never saw it at that time. It was almost weird, you know, that he. You're speaking about them, not with them. But uh, Hopper, um, I'm in. Very close contact with Ruth, Phil, and Shelly. If you want, you feel free to reach out, survivingthesurvivor at gmail.com, survivingthesurvivor at gmail.com. And uh, look at this, Dr. G. I mean, this is a family member, uh, Markel cousin, saying that they are pure evil. Do you agree with that assessment about the Adelsons? Is there pure evil in this world? I mean, there. I think there's stuff that can be pretty close to pure evil. I think we've we've seen throughout throughout history, but I don't know. I mean, I, I can think of some some people that I've analyzed that are pretty close to that. Whether or not the Adelsons are, I don't know. I think that being able to to do what Charlie uh, has been convicted of, though, it, it takes a special kind of person to to go through with that. So. Yeah, and Dr. G, what I was going to bring up right before that important comment is at one point, um, even at the wedding. Um, Donna Adelson convinced them it was very important for Dan Markell to celebrate his Jewish tradition. He wanted kosher food at the wedding. They told the caterers no kosher food. At one point, just to 
get under the skin of Dan Markell. She said, dress the boys like Nazis. Give them a baptism. I mean, this is a Jewish mother saying dress her own grandchildren in Nazi uniforms. What is that? Uh, I mean, if I mean, if that's true, I that that's um, just the desire to, you know, cutting off your nose to spite your face. The, the, the hatred would I mean, I can't, it's, it's almost hard to even wrap your mind around somebody actually doing that. It really is. That's that is, yeah, that is reported to be true. KCL became a member. Thank you. Elf is there. Thank you. Uh, there was a comment earlier that I thought was interesting, and then we'll get to this one, which was Dr. G. Wendy outsmarted Charlie. There's wiretaps of Charlie Adelson telling his mother, Charlie telling his mother, Wendy doesn't realize how lucky she is. This is after the murder. And he's basically whining to his mom, which I would never do, saying, Wendy has no idea how lucky she is that uh, that that Dan is gone. Um, and then the comment was that Wendy outsmarted him on the stand. They didn't really make eye contact. They're already estranged from one sibling. Are these family members just going to eventually all turn on each other? I, would there be any benefit for them to do that, I guess, would be the question, right? Like if one turned on the other, would they... Well, how about this? A life sentence could turn into maybe 25 years for Charlie, let's say, if he if he throws Wendy down. Is that enough incentive? That's a good question. I I part of me doubts that just because um once again, I, I don't know if anybody assuming that they have evidence against other folks that might end up on trial, I think that once again they lack the insight to make the better deal. <laughs> I think that, 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 you know, that ultimately th that if people are willing to do this, they're going to be too grandiose to actually see, to, to look at things that way. So I, I think they would just go down with the ship thinking they're going to beat it. Probably. Dr. G, I'm going to throw this one to you. Uh, Carm has been retired for a few years. It's a complex one. Do you think Wendy has borderline personality and essentially amplified the issue with Dan pushing Charlie and Donna to become the savior feeding into harm. You'd like to take this? I don't no, know. First, first the doctor. Dr. G. I, I'll say that this one's too specifically about diagnoses for me to actually uh, respond to that. I think, I mean, I understand the question and I think it's fair if people want to speculate, but as a psychologist, I probably shouldn't on that one. Honestly, Carm, Carm, Carm's the, retired. The, she doesn't care. The, but, but, She's retired in 84. She doesn't care. Go ahead, Carm. Well, I have very, very few years to lose. Yes. Anyway, uh, the only thing I wanted to say is that, do you think Wendy has borderline pers personality? She doesn't have to have borderline personality to uh, amplify the issues. She just has to know how to amplify issues. She doesn't have to be borderline for that. One doesn't, can go without the other. Carm still sharp as attack. 84. Laura says, hi, Joel. You are advertising me. How can Donna, this is interesting to me, Dr. Jigs. We hear repeated wiretaps where Donna's, she's talking quietly to Charlie, and then she talks to her grandkids. And it's like, oh, honey, get on the elevator. But the question is, how can Donna talk to Charlie on the wiretaps about the hit on Dan and then flip a switch and talk to Dan's boys like a gentle, loving grandma? How is that possible? If the emotions are superficial, then it's pretty easy to do because if, if you have a mask, if you're faking a lot of what you're doing, and if that's what you're used to doing when interacting with the world, it's not hard to flip a switch at all. 
I mean, that's if you look at psychopaths, for example, like you look at someone like Ted Bundy or one of these folks that lives or BTK people that live double lives, they can flip a switch like like nobody's business, you know, on one second, off the next. So you know, it's not that hard for people that function like that. I think it's just hard for those of us that aren't like that to really understand it. Mm. Uh, a rambling Southerner, Carm, a licensed social worker here. Family is textbook emotional incest enmeshment. Charlie is the surrogate spouse. People are mad Wendy's not in jail, but worst thing due to her dependency is to take all of her family away and she ends up alone. Your reaction to this statement, Carmela? Wait a second. I got only to the Charlie surrogate spouse. People mad Wendy not in jail, but worst thing due to her dependence is to take all of her family away and she's alone. By the way, this is why I'm going to have Carm read her own part. Uh, the audible issue of our book is going to be just like what you just heard. Go ahead, Carm. Well, I had to pay attention to understand rather than to read well. Anyway, I think that that I'm not so sure that that she is going to be in a terrible state when her when her mother and brother are in jail because she was already following her attorney's instructions, very much not communicating with them, at least not openly. And I think from her testimony that I watched, she looked a little annoyed with her mother also, uh, which is understandable because, you know, people, when you meddle in their business, you are doing things, you are doing things for them, but at the same time, they resent their dependency on you. I know it sounds a little complicated. When people let themselves be dependent on somebody, they resent being dependent on that person. And I do, I'm not so sure that that um, that Wendy cannot handle. She lives in a different place now than her parents, and she's with her two boys. And I'm her, sure that her two boys are giving her something in return being bright, 13 and 14 year old. I don't think she will be desperate without the par without the mother and the brother. And the brother, she wasn't, I mean, according to what I, what I read, she wasn't that close to the brother. Yeah. Dr. G, this is from uh, Love Dreaming Peach. Interesting because you're in the Georgia, in Georgia, the Peach State. Uh, do you think that the sons, S-O-N, believe that they're innocent and it's all extortion and lies? Or do you think they see through to the truth? So this is obviously Ben and Lincoln, the children of Wendy and Dan. They are the real victims. I mean, this is so sad. And Charlie Adelson has a son. So it's so sad all around. These are very intelligent. And Mark Manua has two children. Yeah. We're, we're, these are the real victims here, but Dr. G in your estimation, how are things going to evolve for these boys now that they're basically at an age where they're old enough to understand everything that transpired and is and is transpiring currently, how's this going to affect them and will it affect them their entire lifetime? I mean, just speaking frankly, it, it's, it's hard to imagine it's not going to affect them, particularly as well, not even just because it's been public. I suppose that'll have people maybe knowing more about it. But anytime somebody's gone through this, yeah, it's it's um, it's hard to reconcile. There's some people that are in denial about it. Some people can't believe it. But it's it's uh, I, I my heart really goes out to anybody, the family members, kids, or otherwise that's having to go through this because it, it it will impact them for a lifetime. 
Ski hat, Sarah. I forgot I shared a birthday with Joel's dad. Sending love to y'all. Sounds like he was an amazing man. He was. And happy birthday to you, Ski hat, Sarah. Have a great day. And uh, let's all be kind to each other. Uh, notice. You, look at this. I've noticed you're being nicely respectful towards Carm. I'm impressed. Um. I'm always kind to my mother. Um, I have to be honest. Uh, we'll save the final couple minutes to uh, analyze me. Um, I know Carm will love to do that, but I've been. No, um, no way. We are not going to do that. Dark Star Days, gifted five uh, memberships. Thank you so much. Look at this. Uh, Dr. G, do you think Charlie Adelson's reaction to the guilty verdict was because he honestly thinks he's innocent or because he couldn't believe that he wasn't able to manipulate his way out of it? Great question. 999 super sticker. I, I don't think there's any chance he honestly thinks he's innocent. So it, to me, that was a, a, a loss of confidence because what we see if we're talking about body language is when people go down, they're losing confidence. And he had been very confident throughout the trial. So as soon as they said guilty, I mean, you just see him sort of in slow motion, just sort of fall forward so that in a very literal sense was just seeing him lose confidence so yeah that was just ex having to acknowledge like a balloon, like a yeah. balloon it really was yeah uh dr g uh roc says i've been looking up florida state prisons apparently they are the worst in the united states i have to tell you i stood next to charlie adelson in uh the courtroom he's a big dude he's about six two six three and he's i describe him as meaty um, he's not a he's not a frail guy. Yeah. How do you think he's going to fare in prison? How do you think he's going to do? Um, is he going to be able to manipulate his way around there? Uh, what's I, your I, thought? I think that's pretty unlikely. I think that that's going to. I don't think he's going to be able to manipulate his way in prison because you've got to realize in prison you're you're with a bunch of people that are used to manipulators and used to people that are trying that have conned or tried to manipulate and stuff. So it's not going to get him very far. I don't think. Hmm. Um, I just lost a comment here. Look at this. Carm has a very valuable perspective. Her opinion should be respective. Um, thank you. Yeah, I'm looking at this. Um, let's get some final thoughts here. Let me see if there's, uh, you know, before we go there, I'm just, I'm just looking at, um, Donna in this in this turtle suit. So Dr. G, I found out she's literally not allowed to have clothes. She's in she's naked under there. They have to be naked. Uh, she's in a jail cell with a metal bed. She's probably not allowed a pillow. The lights are on all night. What what's she what is she dealing with right now inside her mind? When you have somebody that needs control and they have completely lost control. Uh, they, they basically, not in a literal sense, dissociate, but they basically have to separate themselves from the reality going on around them. So uh, it, it would just be denial of what's happening, I would imagine, because it's too much to accept that she's in this situation and that other people have this much control or uh, control over her. I mean, the idea that she could talk on the jail calls, leave the country, and it would just happen must have just been presumed that that's the way it would go. So I would imagine it's if she was considering self harm or leaving the country that, that this must be um, unbelievably difficult for her to try to manage this even more so than your average person, I think. Mm. So Carm, we'll, we'll kind of end up on this because I know of. Just one second, one second. Go ahead, Carm. If, if we are talking about the Adelsons and we have a, a 
the doctor in psychology, and yours truly, uh, we have to say that this family uh, has the pattern of being enmeshed and be, being together, even physically. When Dana left, um, the day she left, uh, uh, after the murder, she left Tallahassee, she moved in with her family. Uh, Charlie was talking to his mother uh, a lot. Uh, the, the whole theory that some members don't know what is going on is preposterous. It's like far out. Because I, because of their pattern of communication, they they had to talk to each other, all of them. I agree. Um, this is an interesting sort of final question here, even though there's some more coming in now from Northern Ireland nincompoop. What dynamics do you think will play into any possible plea deals for Charlie or Donna? Uh, Dr. G, I'll let you take that. I mean, we kind of talked about this before, but do you see one flipping on the other potentially? It's so hard. I wish I could could give a guess, uh, an accurate guess on that. I don't think so, but I, I'm. this is one of the areas I, I think I could be. That's more of a guess than anything. I don't have a really solid feel for that, but I, my, my, my knee-jerk reaction is to say that they won't. There are other people who believe that uh, Don, that Charlie and Wendy will flip on each other. Someone even said some of the former inmates think that they would both flip on the mom. They're, they're the only ones to say that, the former inmates, which I think is stick. Uh, I said sticker because I saw a super sticker. Interesting. Uh, ukulele for over 50s with Gabrielle. That's an interesting uh, chat name. Super sticker. Thank you very much. But um, I want you to consider one thing really quick. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt Yeah, yeah you. no, go ahead, please. You know, the... Uh, if any of them think they can appeal the cases, then it's not going to benefit them to turn on each other. So I think that as long as they have hope that at some point that they could appeal it or whatever it is, they're not going to do that. And I think that the, if they are grandiose, they're going to think, okay, at some point I'll get out of this. So there really might be motivations to why they wouldn't. So, yeah. Mm. I, I, I have a question for Dr. G. Uh, when, when, um, Georgia asked, the prosecutor asked uh, Wendy when she was on the witness stand, uh, when did you hear about the, this uh, uh, blackmailing of Charlie? And she said, today. Mm -hmm. Was that, what was that about? Was that A, B, C, D? I don't know what was that about. Uh, my my read on that was that if they're asked anything they haven't thought about, then they either then then that's the that's sort of their default. So maybe she hadn't thought about that ahead of time and just said, yeah, today. I mean, that seems so implausible and such like such a strange thing to say. Um, so uh, I, I think it's just it wasn't well thought out by them would be my assumption. But that she didn't think it out well, uh, that she didn't think about it because Charlie told his mother allegedly, according to their little script, in 2016. Yeah. And Wendy never heard about it. And it, Well, Charlie also at one point had said, like, there were things that he didn't know in, until 2019 that were provably false. I mean, they've, they've all done this to an extent. A lot of it is more how they, how they choose to navigate it. And by saying, yeah, I learned about it today, the attorneys weren't the kind to just bully them, so they just move on from this stuff. Whereas a different type of attorney, I think they would have responded differently. Um, so, 
Yeah, I think it just goes to the absolute cockamamie defense theory that Wendy was totally like thrown off guard by it. Um, Jay Jay Richmond, um, Carm, this is for you. On the Donna Adelson Wheel of Fortune episode, Donna is described as the domestic, quote-unquote, domestic, she describes herself as the domestic coordinator for activities for her kids, Robert, Charlie, and Wendy, married to Harvey, live in Coral Springs, Florida. Is that a weird uh, way to describe yourself as a domestic coordinator, or is that fine for the times, Carm? Yeah, it sounds like a nanny was hired for domestic activities. (laughs) I need a few of those. Uh, Karen collects. Charlie had a need to be his mother's favorite child. It came out in trial. He never told his mom no, and he will now spend life in jail. He can't stand Wendy and not and did not do this for her, but for mom. Um, I have never tried to be my mother's favorite. Dr. G, your take on this. Any truth to it? Uh, did you want to say something, Carl? J- no. <laughs> I just wanted to say ha. Huh. Oh. <laughs> um. So uh, that's a good question. Um, Yeah, I I hadn't actually considered that angle. I'm not sure. I'd have to think about that, actually. Mm. Uh, Alexis Williams, question for Carmen, Dr. G. Do you think that they would say it was worth it, or do you think that they'd say they'd do it again if they had the chance? My feeling is, yes, they would just try not to get caught next time. What do you think, Dr. G.? I mean, there's, I have no reason to think there's any remorse here. We certainly didn't see it throughout the trial. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine that they would, other than not getting caught, that they would do much differently next time. I mean, I have no reason to think that they would. So, mm-hmm. Well, Carm, who's uh, the only retired one amongst us, says that her time was limited today. She had to be off by 1.15. I'm going to respect her uh, desire to be off. She's got a busy day with company coming over a little later. Um, this is yeah, interesting. We have like a memorial. Dr. G, I'm not an attorney, but you might know the answer to this. If Donna went to trial, do you think the state could bring in her estranged son, Rob Adelson, to show how Donna has previously behaved? Do you have any idea? I mean, I'm sure they could. They could. I, I, it, it would be up to him as to whether or not he would want to, though. I don't think they could compel him to do so, but they might ask him. Yeah, they could. Uh, I guess they could. They might be able to compel him through a subpoena. I don't know, but we'd yeah, have to, but, you yeah. know. I, I, have, I, I would be hard-pressed to imagine they would try to force that, but you never know, because then you end up with somebody who's going to be a hostile witness and not going to give you what you need, potentially. So, Finest, Final question. Dr. G, who is the smoothest criminal in this family? I think I mean, probably, well, I, I probably shouldn't say this since Charlie just got uh, found guilty, but I would say that he, to me, he seems like the smoothest. He certainly is the one that is the boldest, um, you know, you know, between slinging uh, steroids and trend and all that stuff he was talking about and then going through this. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to, and we can't say that anybody else is a criminal in this family at this point. So I'm going to stick with Charlie just to be safe. Good answer. Um, and the, the COE just took down the comment I had up there. Um, which I had up there for a reason, but it's all good. Uh, Carm, going to put this back up because not everyone saw. Today is my beloved father's, would be would have been his 90th birthday, just passed away in March. Carm, any, uh, any final parting thought about your beloved husband of 63 plus years on this sad day? I would, uh, I would, uh, 
like to finish the session and not have to testify. <laughs> there he is. That's my father. Love the guy. I miss him to death. I can't wrap my head around it. Dr. G, how long has it come to take to come to terms with certain things? I can't wrap the, my mind around the fact that my father is gone. Is that yeah, normal? I mean, yeah, I mean, a, a year, two years, three years. I mean, my father passed in 2013 and it probably took two or three years before it became a lot, little bit more normal. So, yeah, it takes a while. Yeah, I've been feeling out of it. So uh, there's that. That's my analysis. Carm, what's up for the rest of your day, Carm? What's after this? You got your... Everything is under control except what isn't. You you FaceTimed me from a pedicure. Uh, how was that? Joel, <laughs> this is not true. Dr. G, what are you doing the rest of the day? No, is, There's no real huge fights this week. What do you do on non-big fight weekends, Dr. G? Uh I I <laughs> I, tra I train myself actually, so I'm probably going to be boxing the rest of the day. So but didn't you hear he's going to do his podcast? Yeah, he's going to do no. the podcast. Going to be out. Doctor G explains yeah. uh, and tell us one more time. Yeah, what now I'm going to listen, and and then I will say, "Gee, why didn't I think of that?" Doctor G, one last time. What is the what is the focus of this particular podcast? This is going to be the the body language and behavior of Wendy, Charlie, and briefly Donna. So it's talking really about what we're observing uh, in terms of their body language during the trial. And I just wanted to throw one last thing out there for you, Joel, to talk about, just to analyze you for a quick second, because I want you to think <laughs> about this, all right? You and I both have mothers that are, uh, that are, are in mental health. You have a father, I have a stepfather who's a psychiatrist. We both talk about people getting killed every day, and we like to watch people get punched in the face in their spare time. I don't know, I don't know what it is about that dynamic, but it's very interesting. <laughs> it is. Likes to punch other people and not me. It's okay. <laughs> we'll have to figure. I'll have to. I'll have to think about that and get back to you about why I think that is. But uh, huge thanks to Dr. G. Dr. G explains. JP Garrison, check out his YouTube channel, Dr. G explains, and to the one and only my mother, Carm. We're going to be doing a book tour. The same titles of podcast, Surviving the Survivor. I think pre-orders will be ready at some point yeah. in January. Carm's life story and life advice. Go ahead, Carm. You know what? I will have to get into the habit of saying you are the best son. I'm also your only son, but exactly. uh, there you go. Love you, America. Thank you. Love you, Tallahassee. Bye-bye. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force 
powering Allbirds, Rothies, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks. 